Welcome to the podcast again today. You know, I'm so excited to share the Word of God with you. Every time we get together, I believe that we are putting building blocks in our life. I know that you know that, but let me just restate it again. It is so important to consistently take the Word of God in and to share the Word of God with others as well. You know, there are two things that God says to me. Number one, God speaks to me about me, and number two, God speaks to me about things He wants me to share with others. Sometimes those two things are the same thing, and sometimes those two things are different things. Well, this one I'm going to share today is the same thing. God spoke to me for me about this, and also he's uh, He's allowing me to share this with others because I believe it is just a good word. And today we're going to learn about a word uh, in, in the Bible. It's a Greek word, and uh, uh, you probably have heard this word, and it sounds like a Spanish word. I don't know if Greek and Spanish have any similar uh, you know, uh, histories or roots, but uh, this one sure sounds like it. Uh, Um, What do you think of when you hear the word diablos? (laughs) Diablos. Okay, I'm saying it with a Spanish accent. Diablos. Maybe with a Greek accent. I don't know. Uh, Diablos? I don't know. But what do you think of when you hear the word diablos? Perhaps you think of, uh, you know, uh, going to a Mexican restaurant and ordering uh, (laughs) chicken diablos or shrimp diablos. You know, Uh, normally it's something that is, you know, hot or wrapped in bacon and has cheese in it, you know, or whatever. But uh, today we're going to learn a little more about this word and what it means in our New Testament. The Greek word diablos, of course, translated many times in the New Testament as devil. That's right. But not every time is it translated devil. And then its basic root of that word means something a little bit different. But let's begin with reading the scripture in Ephesians 6, verse 12. The Bible tells us, uh, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but rather we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. You know, our problem in life and, and the problems that we face in life and in family and every other situation, the problems we face, you know, believe me, it's the devil. The biggest problem you face is the devil. That's true. The biggest problem in your life is the devil. Now, I know that you may want to put a name or a face on the problem that you're, that you're facing, uh, but uh, you know, don't do that. Why? Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay? And even though someone else may be giving you trouble, and in reality, sometimes people do. They give us trouble. I mean, they are just absolutely an enemy. But when they are, you're still not wrestling against flesh and blood. And if you treat it like a flesh and blood problem, you may not be able to conquer the problem. We must treat problems with the devil like problems with the devil. Okay, You can't go around treating uh, situations in life that that are demonically inspired, motivated, or instigated, or are propagated as though it was just someone in your world having a bad day. Why? Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not fleshly. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds because we wrestle against devils. That's right. Devils, the biggest problems that we will ever face in life, the biggest problems we face in our family, uh, you know, we may not always recognize them, 
because they don't come dressed, you know, with a pitchfork and, you know, a tail and, you know, pointy ears. You know, uh, they don't come in a red suit laughing and pointing fingers at us. But many times the greatest problems, in fact, the greatest difficulties we will face in this world and the greatest difficulties this world faces is the devil. But good news. Hey, listen to this. This is good news. The devil cannot destroy anything. (laughs) Nothing unless he can get some person to work with him, unless he can get some person to represent him. Now, listen to me. That is the truth. The devil cannot destroy anything. He cannot destroy your family. He cannot destroy your job. He cannot destroy your your, uh, church. He cannot destroy your nation. He cannot destroy your relationship with your children, your parents, your friendships. Uh, The devil cannot destroy anything unless he can get at least one person to work with him and his hopes he can get a lot of people to work with him unless he can get at least one person to represent him in that situation. In fact, uh, uh, you know, if he can get you to think what he thinks, if the devil can get you to feel what he feels, if the devil can get you to say what he wants said, if the devil can get you to act the way he wants you to act, then you are working with him. And you may be presenting yourselves to others as just argumentative or contentious or fussy or just, you know, a problem at work or a problem in the family or, or you know, just you don't get along with anybody or you're fussy or you know what, but it, don't, don't take away the thought that the devil's trying to make you feel, think, act, you know, in certain ways. And if you are not watchful, because uh, deception, you know, the worst thing about deception is, you know, you're deceived. The worst thing about uh, someone being deceived is that they don't know they're deceived. If they know they're deceived, they're not deceived. Okay. Uh, But One of the problems with the devil uh, interacting in our life is that if we are not watchful, he'll clothe himself in something acceptable. He'll clothe himself in something that has seeming merit or that has, you know, some public merit, but it's the devil. In fact, do you remember in the, in, uh, Uh, the book of Acts in chapter 19. If you haven't read it, you can read it. It is about the apostle Paul being in the town of Ephesus, the city of Ephesus in in Asia Minor. And uh, he had led for approximately three years such a great revival in that city that many people had gotten saved and many people had stopped worshiping false gods. And because they had stopped worshiping false gods, the people who were making false gods and the people who were making the silver images uh, that that people used to worship their false gods and to commemorate their false gods, those people were losing money. And so one of the leaders of the silversmiths decided that he really wanted to put an end to Paul's preaching. And so what he did is he he found something, he, he found an issue that had public merit. I mean, we're losing money. I mean, doesn't that sound like a public merit issue? Doesn't that sound like, you know, I mean, the economy, I mean, our, 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 our city's economy is, is failing and, and people are losing money and businesses are having to close. And all the people that are making these idols, they're, 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 their families aren't, you know, getting to eat and they aren't getting any presents, you know, and they aren't getting, uh, you know, they can't afford to pay their house note or, or you know, uh, uh, buy a new chariot, you know, whatever the situation was. Doesn't that 
that sound like it has public merit? But you know, it was motivated by the devil because he took that issue that seemingly was clothed uh, in a reasonable public merit issue, and there he championed that idea, became the voice of the devil, and ended up, you know, uh, running Paul out of the town and doing great. Um, you know, uh, giving giving the church a, a lot of persecution, doing great damage to the church. You know, the same thing happened with Jesus. You know, Jesus was accused of something that had public merit. Jesus was accused of making himself a God. You know, he's saying that he's equal to God. He's saying he's the son of God. And so, uh, you know, the religious people of that day, they found an issue that was uh, highly uh, charged with emotion and uh, people would get passionate about. And so they said, look, he's blaspheming God. And then they hired false accusers to slander Jesus in the eyes of the public. And it wasn't very long before everyone was crying, crucify him, crucify him. And whenever Pilate said, well, uh, let me release one prisoner to you. Uh, they said, well, not Jesus. You know, no, we don't, we don't want Jesus to be released. You know, give us Barabbas. Give us this, this criminal. Give us this, you know, we know he's a hardline criminal. But this guy is saying he's God. He's saying he's the king of the Jews. Uh, and so, you know, there are always public merit issues that if we are not watchful, that are really the devil clothed in something that sounds reasonable to some people, trying to get them to think what he wants them to think, say what he wants them to say, and do what he wants them to do, believe what he wants them to believe. And so sometimes, if we're not watchful, we can be representative of the devil. It happened to the apostle Peter. Whenever Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going to you know, uh, uh, be uh, uh, martyred. I'm going to you know, give my life and lay my life down. I'm going to be killed, crucified. You know, Peter stepped up and said, no, you're not. Oh, over my dead body, I will die before you die. I mean, I'm not going to let them arrest you and take you. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You do not speak for God. You are, you didn't hear that from God. You know, that's of the devil. In fact, Jesus said this about his disciples. He said, you know, I have chosen you 12 and one of you is a diabolos. One of you is a devil, a diabolos. Wow. Now, he was talking about Judas, of course, who would betray him, but, you know, he did not mean that Judas was a literal demon or that was the personification of Satan or Satan incarnate or a demon incarnate. He did not mean that. What Jesus meant was, is that Judas was representing what the devil wanted, not what God wanted. You know, Peter had done that as well. But here, Judas had embraced, uh, taken into his heart, not just a, not just a thought, 
not just a, a, a prick in the brain that, that, you know, where your brain's connected to your tongue and things jump out before you know about it. You know, uh, you know you're more prone to say things wrong. The Bible says a person who, who speaks everything that comes to their mind is not only a fool, but there's no want for error, no want for sin in a person's life who is just so quick to speak. And, and Peter experienced that. But Judas had embraced and had, had, had really started believing and really started acting on uh, what the devil wanted him to act on. And for that reason, Jesus said that he was a diablos. He was a representative of the devil. Well, how did that happen? Uh, what, what, what does that mean? Well, you can ask yourself the question, you know, um, is there, is there something that has encroached in your life subtly to begin with? Just like, you know, uh, the devil did in the Garden of Eden with Eve. You know, the devil just simply wants you to think what he thinks. I mean, the devil never asked Eve to eat of that forbidden fruit. We call it an apple. He never asked Eve to eat the apple. We don't know what it was, but he never asked Eve to eat the forbidden fruit. He just wanted her to think what he thought, to follow his line of, of, of suggested considerations. And there he offered to her a subtle uh, departure from what God had said, from what God wanted. And she made this subtle departure, didn't even know when she did it. And she started thinking wrong, started believing wrong, started saying things wrong, and started doing things wrong. Why? Because of the devil. Okay? And uh, she questioned God. And all that the devil wanted to do was to separate her from God and to separate her from others. You see, that's what the devil wants to do is bring separation. That's right. The subtle separations of life, they are from the devil. God doesn't want to separate you from your family, your church, your spouse, your children, your, 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 uh, you know, your parents. God, God does not want to separate you. The devil does. The devil does. And that's the design of of the devil, Diablos, is always the same. You know, ask yourself the question, who is attempting to subtly separate me from the ones who God has joined me to? Or from, you know, uh, my, my family or my covering, you know? Who is trying to be my new best friend with ideas that are just one degree off? Ideas that are just, you know, uh, subtly um, suggesting that, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I need to have a different consideration. You know, is someone trying to uncover your covering? Is someone trying to separate you? You know, the devil brings division in relationships, family, ministry, spouse, uh, with, with God, with, with churches, even in your business, in your job, you know, um, the devil wants to separate you. You see, the devil infiltrates. He infiltrates uh, our life like a wolf or a hyena into a into a herd of wildebeest or, or a, a wolf into a herd, uh, you know, of a flock of sheep. You know, it just subtly tries to to infiltrate, get in without notice, and then isolate, cut out one. You know, uh, by subtle deception. You know, just just cut one out, and then begins to brainwash, basically wear down with relentless pursuit, so that they can control and consume. That's the devil's plan, you know, uh, and unfortunately, the devil only has people to work through. That's the unfortunate thing for mankind is that the devil finds people 
to work through. But when you are facing a problem in life, you know, it may not be a person. It may be demonically inspired. It may, it, most likely, the greatest problems you face, you know, come directly from the devil who has found someone to work with, someone to work through, someone to act on his behalf, someone to represent him. You see, the greatest temptations that we face in life are temptations to represent the devil. Uh, Diablos. Wow. There is a difference between trying to tear something down and trying to build something up. You know, there is a difference between uh, uh, protecting the God-given relationships that we have and, and exposing those relationships to, you know, slander and defamation and, and uh, accusations. Why do I use the word slander, accuse, defame? Oh, interesting. Okay. Let's, let's see why. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's, in fact, read this particular verse in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11. Do you know, this is where Paul is writing to Timothy, and we understand Timothy to be the bishop at Ephesus, the place where Paul had been run off from. And so Paul is writing a letter back to the pastor of that church, and he says, uh, this is how your deacons and your elders should qualify for ministry. Verse 11 of chapter 3, 1 Timothy. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate and faithful in all things. Slanderers. Ooh, guess what that Greek word translated slanderers is? Diablos. Whoa! The Apostle Paul was saying, Listen, Timothy, okay? when you choose a deacon and when you ordain a deacon, you want to make sure that you look at their wife and make sure that their wife aren't devils. <laughs> That's the, I, I didn't say this. I didn't write this. Okay, This is the Holy Spirit. You see, that is not a literal devil, but it's an inspiration, a demonic inspiration, someone who has fallen prey to living a lifestyle of slandering, of accusing, of defaming, of separating others, a talebearer, a busybody, someone who is working with the devil, someone who is representing the devil, someone who is dividing relationships, slandering others, because that's the work of the devil. In fact, the word diablos in the Greek, it, the root word means to accuse. You see, that's what the devil is, an accuser of the brethren. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 3 tells us that in the last days, you know, uh, we, we, will, we will face some things as humans, as mankind, and as a church. And one of the things that we will face is that we will recognize people. People will become unloving. In the last days, in the last days, people will be unforgiving. In the last days, people will be false accusers. Oh, that word is diablos, false accusers, slanderers, people who defame without self-control. The Bible says they can't even help themselves. Okay, uh, just, just can't help it. I've just got to talk bad about somebody. I can't help it. I've just got to, to, to say something bad. I, I can't help it. I've just got to share information. That even if I don't know it's true, it could be false and make accusations. And, and, and you know, uh, uh, this is a work of the devil. In fact, Titus, when Paul wrote to Titus in chapter 2 and verse 3, he says, listen, Titus, encourage the older women, the elder women, that they uh, uh, be, be um, reverent in behavior 
and they not be slanderers, false accusers, that they not defame others. You know, uh, encourage them, okay? Why do we want to do this? Because we need to be sober. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, Diablos, the slanderer, your enemy, the accuser, the false accuser, your enemy, the one who wants to defame you and accuse you and slander you. Oh my goodness, your enemy, the devil, the one who wants to slander you and, and, and ruin your reputation and make people think bad about you. Your adversary, Diablos, walks about like a roaring lion. He roars this stuff, okay? He's seeking those whom he may devour. In fact, Jesus was talking about having a field. There's a field of wheat that, that God has planted. And yet when the farmer looks around, he sees that tares, the weeds are among the wheat. Jesus said, who, who put those weeds in there? Well, it was your enemy, Matthew 13, 39 says, who sowed them. It was Diablos. Diablos is doing his best to get someone to represent him. Today, I have two encouragements for you. Number one encourages, don't work with the devil. Don't be a Diablos. Don't be a slanderer. Don't be an accuser. Don't be someone who, who speaks ill of others, who, who carries gossip. Don't be a gossip. That's right. That's the devil's work, okay? Don't say anything bad about anybody, okay? See if you can go one day without that. See if you can go one week without it after that. See if you can go and then go a month, go a year, go a lifetime. One of the things about my precious mother is I never heard her say anything bad about anybody. And if anybody did say something bad about somebody else, she would say something good about them. You know, let me encourage you, don't work with the devil. I never heard my mother say not one bad thing in all of her 80 plus years, not one bad thing about any person whatsoever. Wow, I guess she didn't want to work with the devil. Let me encourage you, don't work with the devil. That's the number one encouragement. Don't be a Diablos, okay? Don't. Number two, treat the problems that you are facing in life. Treat them like they need to be treated. If it is a person that is your problem, then instruct them according to 2 Timothy 2.25 and 26. Instruct them with meekness. They may recover themselves from the snare of the devil, from Diabolos who takes them captive at his will. Perhaps there, there are people who are slandering. You know, you need to pray for the person, but you also need to treat the problem like it's a problem. The problem is the devil. Get on your knees. Bind the strong man. You know, uh, command that devil to leave that person alone. You know, uh, the Bible tells us what to do with devils. Number one, James 4, 7, we resist the devil. Number two, Ephesians 4, 27, we give no place to the devil. Number three, Jude 1, 9, we rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. Number four, in Mark, the third chapter, Matthew, the 16th chapter, we bind the devil. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we cast down the devil's attempts to cause our minds to think his thoughts and do his will. And Revelation 12, 9, the last thing God's going to do with the devil, he's going to cast him out. Sometimes we just have to separate ourselves or separate the talebearer. In fact, Proverbs says, if you cast out the talebearer, then the strife will cease. Two things I encourage you to do today. Don't be a representative of Diablos. And number two, if you have a problem that is demonically inspired, and many are, then treat the devil like the devil. 
not just like a person having a bad day. Love the person, pray for them, but get on your knees. Okay? Get on your knees. Resist, give no place, rebuke, bind, cast down, and cast out Diablos. God bless you. I love you. What a good word today, huh? And don't forget, we'll join back together here again on the next podcast for another building block in your life.